TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome in to Hoist the Colors on this Thursday, January 4th edition of the show. It is beyond the new year, so we are back this week with our programming and very excited about today's show because we have head coach Mike Houston from the football program in studio. Coach, you were our inaugural guest back (laughs) in May when we kicked this thing off, so welcome back. Thanks a lot. Good to be back. Good to be back for the new year, so happy new year. Hope the holidays were good. They were good. We're so. good. Uh, the kids got too many presents, and we're running out of space in the house already. So. I, was about to, I was about to say, a little more exciting uh, than it was a few years ago. So No doubt. It never it never uh, ceases to amaze me how much stuff a two-year-old can collect at Christmas <laughs> and then not play with. But, hey, it, it's part of it. You've been through it now. Yeah. So, uh, Well, first off, man, thanks for, for taking some time to come over because this is a – a crazy time of year for you guys as, it is. as coaches. I mean, you're recruiting. Uh, you're, you're you're finally back on campus, but you're hosting transfer visits all week. Then you guys are going to head to the convention. You're going to head on the road recruiting. So it's just a crazy time of year, right? Yeah, now. It, it is. And it really, you know, last year's the first time it really kind of jumped on us because you you didn't realize. You know, usually, you know, after the bowl game, you have a little bit of time before the convention, so you didn't you weren't back in the office, and then you know you have this five day window that pops up and uh, so it was a pretty, uh, it was pretty hectic last year. Just, you know, really kind of unnerved you a little bit. Uh, you know, this year we anticipated it, you know, so you, you were prepared for these visits and prepared for what this week is going to be like. And so, yeah, we're hosting a lot of guys on campus this week and, uh, it's, it's a, it's a real quick deal. I mean, most of them are here for about 24 hours, uh, and, and then they're going to somewhere else. And so it's kind of like, kind of like speed dating a little bit. You know, you've got guys that are going to visit four or five schools this week. And for people that don't understand, these these transfers, they're trying to make a decision, many of them, to get into before the winter semester, which right. at ECU starts January 8th. So yeah. you guys are basically welcoming guys to campus for the first time, and they're going to have to start school next week if they commit. So right. there's a lot they've got to learn, too. It's a lot. It's a lot. But, you know, some of them have been here before. Uh, there's there's a couple that, uh, you know, we recruited out of high school, and, you know, they went to bigger schools. And so, uh, you know, that's the, the positive of that. Uh, you have... You have some that we were talking to back in December and just couldn't get the visit in in December, uh, so they've been prepared for this. Uh, but then you literally have some that uh, you know we have found over the break uh, and have set these things up, uh, you know, during during Christmas and New Year's. All right, so we can talk about the guys who committed in December from the portal. We'll, we'll start there, and we'll, we'll obviously go through some of the the, the key returnees. I mean, we'll get into the transfer portal. I've already been asked to ask you about Antoine Jackson. I don't know how much you can say on the air about that, but we'll we'll go down that route as well. But uh, let, let's talk first about the guys you have announced from the portal, uh, and we'll start with Caden Hauser, the Michigan State transfer. Well, you know, obviously it was uh, significant, you know, to get Caden, and uh, you know he's excited to be here, and uh, he'll be uh, he'll be on campus here in the next day or two, and uh, you know he he was you know JDB. I was really impressed, you know, the the hiring thing, and I knew it would have to be that way. Um, you know, got JDB hired uh, right after the season ended, and, you know, he immediately, I, had, I couldn't keep up with where he was anywhere in the country. I mean, literally, he was, 
you know, in a different state, different time zone every day uh, during the uh, contact period. And so he went and and sat and interviewed these these transfer quarterbacks one on one. Uh, and had already identified their ability. And a lot of them he knew uh, from recruiting them at USC or Ole Miss. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he identified Caton as, as being his, you know, his top target there, uh, you know, before Caton came to campus. Uh, and uh, it was great to get him. And uh, so we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, he's he's got to have a, a great spring. In order to be the starter, he is going to have significant competition uh, and so it's not it's not like he gets anointed walking in the door. He's going to go out there and earn it. Yeah, and no, I just when I talk to him, I feel like he's got the right mindset. Right. He, he mentioned that as well. He he knows just because he's the first transfer to commit or a transfer to commit, he's not guaranteed anything. Right. So th- the mentality he kind of brought with him on the visit did that seem to align with what you guys were looking for as well? No doubt. I mean, you sit and you spend time with him, and, and he's he's very driven. Uh, he comes from a very solid family. Uh, it, you know, it's obvious that his dad, you know, taught him, you know, work ethic and values growing up. Uh, and, you know, he understands what he's got to do. And, you know, he's been, he's been in the fire. Now it's, it was, you know, you can, you can talk about how, how difficult or whatever it was at Michigan State last year. Now he, he was straight in the crosshairs. So it's not like he hadn't been out there in some big time games and, and played really well, really well at times. So. When you look at the quarterback situation going forward, obviously Raheem Jeter coming back. Right. Cole Hodge just announced, by the way, awesome honor, the Gatorade Kentucky Player of the Year. pretty special. That's a uh, great honor, man. So yeah. he'll be in in the summer. Yep. And uh, Alex Flynn waiting on a decision there. Is there any update on Alex at this point? Well, Alex uh, is an important member of our program. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's set to be in our team meeting Sunday night. And I expect him to... Uh, you know, go through the spring. Uh, now, obviously, you know, things can change. I don't want to speak for him, uh, but he's going to have the opportunity to compete along with uh, Raheem and, and Caton and, and whoever else we have uh, in that room for the spring. So, uh, you know, we'll see how all that goes. We'll get into the, the quarterback situation this past year a little bit down the road uh, in this show, but uh, I do want to, you know, I assume you guys don't want to find yourself in the same situation again, so no. you're going to add as much competition as right. possible. So, what is that looking like with you and John David Baker trying to figure out, hey, how many guys do we want to add, and do you want to add another one by the start of the spring? Well, John David has been very upfront with uh, with Caton and, and the quarterbacks in the room that he's going to add uh, another quarterback still, and uh, so he's, I mean, he's literally, we we met this morning on it, and uh, he's talking to guys. Uh, he has, you know. Uh, some guys that have visited that, uh, you know, have an offer from us. Uh, and you know, I do anticipate us probably bringing somebody else to campus later this week. This, I mean, this, we were talking about a little bit before uh, coming on the air, but just like day to day with this week in particular, how much is information changing? Because like, a guy may be on your board, but then the next day, it's maybe off the board or maybe he's visiting. Right. It's crazy. It, it, it's nuts. And, uh, you know, thankfully we went through it last year, so you're more prepared this year. But literally I, I was sitting out there in the car, you know, trying to find time for a staff meeting today, you know, because wow. you got, you got uh, different coaches with different recruits at different spots around town or on campus. And this is, you know, it's constant every day this week. Uh, but it, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, the staff is prepared very well to, uh, to navigate this successfully this week. So, uh, you'll kind of you'll kind of know where we are probably. Uh, I don't know, maybe a week from now. 
Well, hey, if you get a, if you get two of an important call on the show, you got to take. We'll, we'll understand. We'll make it work. Um, all right. So other transfer additions, right? To this point, three receivers added, right. and a lot of talent there. Winston Wright Jr., Omega right. Blake, Anthony Smith from NC State as well. So when you look at those guys, they each bring something different. What Correct. do you like about that group? Well, I think uh, you you add them to what we have coming back. I mean, because you know. Nobody needs to forget Chase Sowell, uh, who I thought had an outstanding uh, redshirt freshman season for us. Uh, and, you know, obviously he is, uh, has very high expectations moving forward. Uh, you know, you have Jari Patterson. You have some other guys in that room. Kerry King's coming back off knee surgery. Um, but you add those to what we have coming back. And we can talk later about the incoming freshman who I'm really excited about. You look at the room now, and now you have, you have speed to take the top off with multiple players. Uh, you have guys that have made big time plays in, in big ball games in the SEC. Uh, you have in Winston Wright, a former all conference player in the Big 12. Uh, so you've got at every position, you have a playmaker. And, uh, there's a lot of competition, but there's also solid guys that have been proven commodities on the field. Uh, so you feel really good that, uh, that your quarterback is going to be surrounded by guys that can make plays. You look at, uh, Darrell Roberts, receivers coach, yep. what he's done recruiting wise. These three guys, the four freshmen, uh, receivers, and then also he actually had to chase Sowell and Keelan Robinson last summer after right. coming in. So he's, uh, he's done quite a bit of work in that receiver room. Well, he's, he's a, an outstanding recruiter and, uh, he, he's great work ethic. And, uh, that's one thing he's going to do is he's going to make sure that we got the firepower out there. Uh, the other thing is our returning players and it'll be our incoming players also. Uh, they've just meshed so well with him and, uh, they have strong relationships with all those guys. So, uh, really commend him for the job, job he's done. I hate that we had to go through a season like we did together as his first, uh, first year with the Pirates. Uh, but I'm excited he's with us. You guys also added uh, an offensive lineman, Darius Bell from Maine, another big guy. He's played tackle guard at Maine, so is he another piece you can maybe move around up front? Well, I mean, we, we, we project him as probably being an inside guy, but he does have position flexibility, uh, and he's he's a big, powerful, athletic guy and that's you know you can't you can't coach those attributes uh he has played uh and we think he's going to come in and compete for a starting job you know right off the bat and you still i assume want to add more up front and i know you know some <clears throat> stuff you can't comment on but maybe that's down well, the pipe as well we're not we're not done with our <laughs> offensive line yet and uh you know matt has done a great job as well uh, since getting here of 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 taking you know i feel really good about some of the guys we have returning too uh, you know, the thing is, all those guys that didn't have the experience last year going into the season, now they've got a lot of experience. Uh, so it's going to be a highly competitive room this, this spring. But, uh, Matt has done a great job of, you know, establishing strong relationships with our t- returning players, uh, and also, you know, a, identifying what we really need uh, and going after those guys and getting some guys to add to the room. Defensively, uh, t- two commitments as well back in December. David Wilson, two guys y'all recruited out of high school. Yeah. I remember you recruited them well. Uh, David Wilson out of Missouri, originally Kings Mountain, and then Raheem Craig out of Taylorsville, North Carolina, out of uh, you know Louisville. So two guys I'm sure you, you like to pick up uh, you know coming back home. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, knew both of them coming out of high school. Uh, and, uh, you know, really excited about what they're going to bring to our room. Um, uh, Raheem, uh, really, I thought we were going to get him, uh, out of high school and just, you know, Louisville came in, came in late, uh, and, and got him. Uh, Day Day, uh, 
had a had a had a former pirate, you know, kind of help us a little bit with him. Uh, David Blackwell's out uh, at Missouri okay. right now, and so it's good to have a guy that you trust and you can talk to about uh, you know just you know what the kids like you know day to day. So I think both of them are going to help us. So again, a really good start there with uh, the the December signing period for the portal. Uh, we'll talk about again some of the freshmen as well a little bit later. Let's talk briefly about your offensive staff and what they've been able to do. John David Baker coming in, we talked about that, um, but he brings in some of his guys as well. Tyrell right. Roberts returning. So how how confident are you in that side of the ball with what's been added there offensively with the staff? Well, I, I just. I've, I feel really, really good about everything they've done since they got here. Uh, and I think that, uh, John David came in, uh, and had a, had a vision for, you know, what he wanted from, you know, a staff perspective. Uh, you know, he met with, uh, the, the current staff members we had, uh, when he was hired. Uh, he met with all of them one on one. Uh, and, but he, he, he knew exactly what he wanted from staff, uh, kind of identities. Uh, and I think it's very important. That's one thing that I, I was really committed to doing is, you know, if you're going to hire John David and, and all right, here, you, you got to revamp our offense. Uh, I think you've got to give him the, the pieces he he needs to do that, both from a player standpoint and from a coach standpoint. Uh, and, uh, you know, to his credit, and I told him, I, I appreciate the fact he's, he's not a yes guy. Uh, he, he He's not afraid to share his opinion respectfully. Uh, and he's uh, he knows exactly what uh, he needs, and so he did that. And uh, I thought we put, I think we put together a strong staff so far. Where, you know, probably some support staff pieces are still going to be added to that. Uh, and you know, he knows what we need right there. Also, I always get asked, all right, is is Mike Houston? Is he calling offensive plays? And it's like, no, he's he's a defensive coach. He's yeah. not calling offensive plays. Now you you have input obviously, right. and you you know, if it's a fourth down, you're making a decision to go for it. You know, right. while we're talking with the offensive coaches. But can you just clarify that you're not in there calling offensive the plays? La- the last offensive play that I, I called, uh, I was at T.C. Robertson High School in like 2004. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I have input. And, right. uh, you know, I, I sit in the, the game plan meetings and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I know what we're trying to do and, and, and how we're trying to do it, who we're trying to get the ball to. And I give input on, hey, we need this guy's a matchup issue. We need to try to, you know, expose this right here. Um, but you, know, you hire the offensive coordinator to call the, call the game, and people don't realize the amount of preparation that the coordinators put in week to week uh, to call the game. Uh, now, in the game, do I have input? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, you know, you can't hire somebody to do a job and then try to do their job for them. Uh, that doesn't work in any business. So, all right, he is Mike Houston. We'll take a break. Also, want to hit on Blake Harrell uh, coming back and the defensive staff as well, and all the the players coming back. I mean, we. We get so caught up in all the new additions this time of year, but I also want to highlight a lot of the guys coming back. We'll also look back at 2023. We'll talk about what went wrong there, Coach. And if I always get the question, too, if you had a do-over this time last year, what would you do differently? So we'll get into that a little bit here on Hoist the Colors. We'll be right back. Climb aboard as we set sail and hoist the colors. Matey. Back to the show with Steve and I go on 94.3 The Game. Okay, welcome back into the show. Thursday, January 4th, we've got Mike Houston in studio, head coach of the Pirates. Busy week on campus for them, so we appreciate him making some time to come on the show. All right, coach, we're going to take a look back. I know it's it's painful to the 2023 season. Yep. But this will be... 
my final time asking you about it, outside of maybe the question here or there in spring ball, but when you look back at 2023, wasn't the season anybody wanted, you guys, players, right. coaches, fans? I mean, we, we all know that now. You know, what do you feel like kind of led to the, the results we saw versus maybe some of those so many tight games not panning out in favor of the Pirates? Well, I think it's just you graduated, um, declared for the draft, uh, lost in the portal. Uh, you know, every starter virtually from your offense a year ago, um, and you know, you had guys returning, you had some new guys come in, but you just the the inexperience coupled with you had three uh, staff uh, transitions on the offensive side of the ball. And I just think, uh, you know, it just never gelled in time. And, uh, you know, it's hard to anticipate, but uh, obviously, you know, need to do a better job of anticipating that. And, you know, the other thing is you you can't make a square peg fit in a round hole. I think that's probably the biggest thing that uh, I can take away from that is you got to make sure the fit is correct. And I mean, both staff-wise and, you know, player-wise, you can't ask, you know, guys to do things that uh, it's not in their wheelhouse. And you guys, y- y'all had some, like, just unfortunate timing with Latrell Scott, Chris Foster leaving the first day of spring practice. Like, you might lose one coach in spring practice. You don't lose two coaches in one day. I mean, that was brutal. So I'm not trying to make excuses for you guys, but that, no. was, that was tough. That was a tough situation. It was tough. And, you know, I, just, I do think uh, being better prepared uh, to handle the transfer portal uh, this year than, than we were a year ago. Um, because the thing that, that scares you when you have staff changes is, you know, you're going to lose players too. Uh, and, you know, I just, you just, the whole thing just did not, uh, didn't, didn't come together like, uh, like it needed to. And, uh, obviously, you know, the, the responsibility of making sure it does falls completely on me. So, uh, I've had to evaluate a lot of stuff. Um, I do think that we're, in much better shape today than we were at the beginning of the season, uh, you know, with our personnel, there's no doubt. Uh, but, uh, we, even with our program, we're much more prepared, uh, today than we were a year ago to navigate the new landscape of college football. And you may have just answered in what you said, but if you could go back to this time last year, is there a move or two that you would do differently to, to try and set yourself up for better success in 2023? Well, you know, you, you always wish you could go back and do right. it again. Uh, you know, if, if you could, then obviously there are certain, certainly some things that you, you would do differently. Uh, I think there's some things that you would be able to pull off. There's some things that even if you knew it was coming, you're still not going to be able to, 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 to navigate. I mean, uh, I think that, uh, and credit to Team Boneyard, uh, the, the board, uh, of directors at Team Boneyard and all of the donors who have made significant commitments to our NIL. Uh, with our student athletes, but you know we're in so much better shape today than we were a year ago. I mean, it's night and day, uh, and that's important for retention of players. You know, because the ones that you want to keep, uh, you know, you've got to do a great job with them. And it's also huge with being able to. You know, we had great transfers on campus this time last year, but you know, the difference is this year we're getting commitments from those guys, uh, and and you're able to you're able to add to to the roster where you where you need to. Um, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, like I said, uh, just making sure that the pieces meshed correctly. You know, I, I would, I would, I would try to do a much more, 
if you knew how they were going to go, you'd, you'd obviously make some different different changes there. Right. So. Um, Mason Garcia, obviously, you know, highly touted recruit, and you can understand why physically he has all the tools. Right. Uh, and, you know, was kind of seen as the heir apparent to Holt Nailers. Right. Started the year as a starter, you know, got another shot at, at against Charlotte. Uh, just for whatever reason, never seemed to. And, and I saw him in practice. He was incredible at times and, and just never seemed to transition to game day. Uh, and, and I'm sure, great kid, you, we wish him all the best at Austin P. No doubt. Uh, why, why do you feel like it just never worked at ECU for Mason? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one because, you know, you, 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 you don't see it that often where that kind of talent, uh, and, and, and doing the things in practice and it doesn't translate to game day. Uh, and I hate it. I mean, it was, uh, I hate it for him. I hate it for us. I hate it for everyone. Um, but I don't know. Do you feel like it, he, at times when he put too much pressure on us? Just because there was sure. so much hype about him. And, I think, I think he yeah. felt a lot of pressure. I think, uh, you know, handling, uh, handling the pressure. Right. I, th- I think that was, I think that was tough. But, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, a, a, a new, uh, new surroundings and a fresh start, uh, you know, allows him to, uh, get kind of a reset for himself. This off season, uh, the portal window has closed now for the undergrads. Uh, right. we, we did see a couple of guys enter the portal that I don't even know if I can say Antoine Jackson was a surprise given what we saw at high school. But what did you make of him entering the portal? There was, you know, a couple of guys, Taylor Jackson, and played some ball. Did anything surprise you as far as guys leaving during the portal window? I don't think uh, anything can surprise you anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think you've got to be you got to be prepared that anything could happen. Uh, and the 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 positive thing I do feel this time around is we're better prepared to uh, handle those departures. Uh, and I do think you know there's the the pool is much better this year than it was last year. Uh, now that's going to be really bad for some guys because there's going to be more players in the portal that can play than there are spots. Uh, but you know we we are finding that there's there's more talented guys that uh, you know we're able to attract this year than we did last year. And when you look at uh, you know y'all were able to keep so much of this defense that played. I mean we talked so much about the struggles of last year, but this, this defense under Blake Carroll. You know, the staff, uh, obviously, Trip Weaver going to Austin P as well. Uh, but, you know, the staff coming back, so much of the personnel coming back. So a- right. how crucial was that to, to keep many of those guys in this program? Well, I think it's, A, it's important for the program. B, I think it speaks to just the bond uh, that, that that group and, and all, all of you know, our coaches have and kind of their commitment to the program. Uh, and so certainly we feel very good about our returning starters uh you know feel very good about the staff and you know i think people forget how how much you know history there is with with our staff on that side of the football i mean there's literally there's a bunch of us have been together since 2006 so uh you know it's the the continuity on that side of the staff is what you want Roy Tesh i i feel like he doesn't get enough credit coach i mean he's been oh. he's been with you forever but also wherever you put him his unit just seems to thrive. Yeah, and it's we joke about it because you know <laughs> Tesh can be grumpy at times. Yeah. but uh, one thing about it, whatever you give him, he's going to get the job done. Uh, you know, this past year, I wanted to go back to our punt scheme that we had used for so many years, and Roy had coached our punt scheme uh, at other places, and you know, so uh, put him back in charge of that unit. And yeah, he griped about it. He, he you know, he, you know, but 
you know what? They did a great job, and uh, you know they went out there and performed on game day. No different than uh, what he does with the D tackles. I mean, I think, in my opinion, you could put him just about anywhere, and he's going to do a great job. I asked him too one day, is he is he still eating? Because every time I see him, he shrinks smaller yeah. and smaller. When I, when when we met, he was like three ten. Wow, he was still he had just finished playing arena ball. And uh, so to see him now, it's like two different human beings. Him and Blake are always running at lunchtime, so it's always fun to see those guys uh, getting some exercise in. Um, Blake Carroll, obviously coming back. Yeah. From my understanding, him and John David Baker as well, Coach, got you know two-year contracts, yep. which is you know I think says a lot about the administration too, just right. stepping up and, and doing that. So can you touch on just how important that is as well? No doubt. I mean, I think it shows the commitment to the program uh, from East Carolina University. I mean. The administration and athletics, and the administrations with the school, uh, and uh, you know certainly I think it's you know very deserving for Blake. Uh, I think it's very deserving for John David. I mean you know let's let's be honest. John David took a pay cut uh, to come here, and uh, but something that he really wanted to do uh, was to you know be able to run his own show. And uh, and Blake, you know I've you know I've got all the confidence in the world in him, and I've you know we've talked a lot before, but you know he took a scheme that we ran. Many years ago, uh, and you know, from the time that I left him to you know when he rejoined, uh, he'd evolved that scheme and continues to. Uh, you know, he, he studies all the time. He does a great job in recruiting. Uh, you know, he's certainly deserving of uh, being rewarded with a two-year deal. What do you feel like is the next step now for the defense? I mean, obviously, great improvements last year, and so much of this talent coming back what, what do you feel like are are kind of the next steps there you know the two things that stood out to us and we we have it prepared to to show the guys when they get back uh you know going into spring practice um but with missed opportunities uh in you know Blake and I were talking about this this morning uh and it's interceptions if we just if we catch half the interceptions that hit us in the hands that we should have should have intercepted we catch half of them last year we're top 10 in the country interceptions um same thing with sacks you know we had so many missed sacks last year if we if we if we make half of those tackles then we're top 10 in the country in 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 sacks uh and so you can there's probably some tackle for loss situations the same and so uh you know we've done a a pretty good self-study and we've we had a lot of discussions and we'll continue that in february as we're preparing for spring practice but really emphasizing you know, finishing the play this spring and trying to trying to come up with you know simulations, drills, whatever it is, uh, to help us be better at finishing those plays this coming season. Because all of a sudden, if you can, if you increase those two areas right there, I mean, think about the difference that makes on game day. Uh, I mean, that's significant. I still remember the the play at Rice. Y'all drew up the corner blitz, free rush, missed the sack. He completes the first down throw. I think they scored a touchdown on that yep. drive. Those are the plays you know you're talking about. Oh, no doubt. I want to ask you too about uh, before we take a break. Damon Magazoo coming yeah. home. So take us through that process getting Mags as safety's coach and how excited he is to be back in Greenville. Well, one, he's he's excited. I didn't realize everybody would be as excited right. as, as he was. Um, but you know, certainly knew the name uh, and had followed his career. Uh, and so, you know, was watching what he was doing at UNLV. Um, and, you know, I, I do have a, a, you know, connection to Barry Odom. We, we've, you know, spoke before in the past and so knew each other a little bit. Um, and so, you know, when we started just talking some, you know, it was, it was very obvious that, uh, this is, this is something he really wanted to pursue. 
because uh, first thing is you want it, you want to make sure somebody really wants to be here. Um, and he was passionate about that from the from the very first conversation we had. Uh, but then you know the more you do your research, and uh, and then you know through the interview uh, when he took us through what he's doing there and, and showing us what he's doing on a daily basis on the practice field, showing us how it translates to the game day, um, it became you know pretty evident that he was the top candidate. And uh, I think for me, probably the the final you know. Nail was, you know, when Coach Odom and I, when we got towards the end and, and Coach Odom and I had a pretty, you know, direct conversation, um, just how, how much he believed in him. And, uh, and, and Barry Odom is a good defensive football coach. And, uh, and they certainly did not want to lose Damon. That's the other, you know, I always get, sometimes there's, there's a, there's a member of our administration that'll say, well, well, why they want to get rid of him? Well, they weren't, they didn't want to get rid of him. You know, they were trying to keep him. But Damon wanted to be back on the East Coast. Uh, he wanted to be back close to his family. Uh, he wanted to be back at East Carolina University because he does care about this this program and this institution so much. Damon Magazoo back at ECU as safeties coach. All right, let's take another break. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with head coach Mike Houston on the other side. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Ninety-four-three, the game. All right, welcome back into Hoist the Colors on this Thursday in our third segment. Appreciate Coach Houston's time again, and uh, we are live on YouTube, Facebook. If you got a question, we'll get to it. Um, if it's a good question, if it's a bad question, I'm not going <laughs> to ask it. I do want to ask you, Coach Brandon, wants to know what are your thoughts on you know the home and home of Coastal Carolina. You seem to be pretty big on you know these regional matchups. I think kind of like the fans are as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, here's 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 my thing is you know if our fans can if they're passionate about our program, which they are, they can see us play home and away. I think that's important. Uh, I think that you know the the negative of our conference to a degree is is spread all across the country, and so you know one our fans can't see us play on the road a lot. Uh, two, I do think that it, uh, yeah, that keeps us from having, you know, just these, you know, massive rivals. Uh, I do think that, uh, you know, some of our more regional schools that we're playing, I think, you know, you're going to see just a little bit more passion because the fan bases inter- intermingle so much. Uh, and so, you know, I was for it. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I know everybody wants to see us play, you know, state and Carolina and, and South Carolina and Virginia Tech and those and, and we'd love to play those games, but you know, there has to be interest on both sides. And so, uh, you know, to get a home and home with a school in our region that's had a, a really good run here in the past, you know, five or so years, uh, I think it's a good thing for both sides. No doubt. And ECU took a, a good contingent off the app last year. I'm right. sure app will bring, I mean, to me, that, that's just what, college football is about and it's cool when ecu gets to play you know at houston or at rice or somewhere like that but like i just enjoy the i don't know the pageantry right. coach i mean it just like that rivalry <clears throat> feeling that we got in boone another game that turned out how you right. wanted it but i think this this year in dowdy ficklin will be very similar on ecu's favor. i would think so and you know the thing is i think everybody's got to understand just college football's changed drastically uh, not just in the last two years, but you know, in, in the last ten, fifteen years, it's, it's changed drastically. And so, um, you know, the the games like Appalachian State. I mean, Appalachian State's invested a lot in football, uh, and they you know they have a very good program. I mean, it's it's going to be a great game this fall in Daddy Ficklin. And 
you know, the coastal games when they get here. I mean, they're continuing to build that program and are playing great on the field. And so, you know, that's going to be a great matchup for our program. Uh, Russ Walker says, tell Mike I like what he's doing. So Russ says, uh, keep doing your thing, Coach. He says, also, do you have peanut butter pie on your official visits? (laughs) Well, you know, most of the, most of the meals we're doing on these visits right here are pretty quick and they're, uh, you know, they're in the, uh, they're around town because we're trying to show them Greenville. But, uh, you know, when we do the ones in the summer, uh, it's always a part of the, uh, the, the, the meal in the tower on uh, Friday night. That's our old inside joke is there was a girl that used to ask about peanut butter pie, which I know y'all have it at the winner's dinner as well. Yeah. Uh, all the time. So I just, I get a good crack out of that one. All right. He, I don't know if I should ask this, but Liberty is back on the schedule. Yep. And, uh, you'll be going against Jamie Chadwell. Yep. You guys, for people who are not familiar, y'all were rivals at Lenore Ryan, right? In North Greenville. Yep. And then also at the Citadel Charleston Southern, both in Charleston. So you'll be facing him with Liberty. Great program. Clearly they right. went undefeated this year. So that'll be a, a tall game. He, he wants to know how you feel about Jamie Chadwell. You, you don't have to necessarily open uh, up on J- all that. Jamie's done a great job everywhere he's been. Right. And it's always, you know, those games have always been, you know, just highly competitive and, you know, a lot of intensity because, uh, you know, he, he has a probably a similar uh, mindset to how you run a program from how you play the game uh, as to what I do. Um, so, you know, it's, it'll be a very, uh, I would anticipate a very intense matchup. And you guys kind of face their staff at Coastal. Obviously, he right. left for Liberty, but, right. you know, a lot of, a lot of ties there, uh, between those staffs. So that, that'll be a fun one. And then Old Dominion on the schedule as well, Norfolk right. State. So that's a, a complete non-conference regional schedule. Right. You guys will be able to drive everywhere. So that'll be interesting next season. Um, let's talk NIL for a little bit, coach. Just, and you touched on it earlier, but it just seems like, with what Team Boneyard's done and kind of now that we've been through this, right. maybe ECU is a little late, probably were a little late to the game, but do you feel like ECU is now at a point where it can be competitive in the American with the NIL? I think that we have made, you know, literally night and day strides. Um, I think we, so yes, the answer is yes. Um, I think we also have to uh, caution ourselves that everybody else is doing the same thing. So, uh, you know, we, we're in, we're in such a positive place today compared to a year ago. And, uh, you know, I, I stress that to our players. Um, you know, I, I, I can't thank, uh, you know, everybody that supported Team Boneyard. Um, I, I think, you know, Hank Hinton and Doug Gomes, uh, and, and the board of directors, uh, the work that they put in. I mean, I, it's, it has been a game changer for us. And so it's it's made significant impact. Um, everybody else is doing the same thing. So if I if I could if I could say anything to our fan base, I don't care if you can give five dollars, if you can support Team Boneyard, it's going to help. And uh, it does not matter how big or small the contribution is. And I think you you said it best earlier. You know, covering recruiting when you guys have these prospects on campus. I remember several big time <clears throat> transfers visited last year that y'all didn't right. necessarily get, maybe because of NIL presence, and now. You are getting those players, and I think that's a direct reflection of the you know the raised funds there as well. Well, I just the the fact that the the players can be supported is just such a a big piece of the college football across the country. And uh, you know, I, I wish that uh, we would have some kind of guidance uh, and some rules and regulations with it, uh, but you don't right now. Uh, but I think that. Uh, 
I think that we are doing uh, a very solid job of supporting the players, not only the transfers coming in, but the big piece that I've, I've really tried to emphasize to, uh, to the board members is we, we gotta continue to support at a very high level our top players that are coming back. Uh, retention for me is every bit as important, uh, as anybody coming in. Uh, and, and uh, the players know that. Uh, I just, I think that sometimes our, our fans forget that, uh, listen, uh, we got some good players that are that are on our roster right now, and some players that did some great things last year. So we got to make sure that we're supporting them as well. And it seems, and I kind of said earlier too, like this time of year, we all want to know what's going to be new, right? What changes are being made? Um, is it tough as coaches too to always? And y'all are on the road so much in December and January. Right. How do y'all balance? Trying to keep everybody happy. I mean, because that's got to be the that's got to be the toughest part of your job as a head coach, right? Trying to keep as many guys happy. Well, it is, and it's harder than ever. Um, it's the the backbone of our program is the strong relationships that our coaches have with our players, uh, and because I think strong relationships and I think trusting relationships, uh, they help you navigate tough times. Uh, they helped us navigate uh, a challenging season. Uh, they helped us navigate uh, a, a challenging, you know, off season so far, uh, and it's it's, it's going to help us, you know, navigate tough things in life uh, because, you know, there's so things have changed so much uh, from when we were in school and when I was playing. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Uh, you know, the the scrutiny is just is pretty extreme on anything that they do, uh, and you know, so you got to have a strong relationship with them to help them navigate that. Um, probably the biggest thing I wish that would happen with NIL is that you would have, you know, some, some, some clarity on what's real and what's not. Because there's so much fictitious stuff out there with what is being offered and what is being given versus reality. Uh, you know, uh, and I, I really, uh, that's the positive of having some new coaches coming in from, you know, we got a coach from the SEC. We got a coach that was in the the Big Ten. We got, you know, guys from other Group of Five schools, and just them bringing in the perspectives of, hey, you know what, Team Boneyard and the, the companies and the businesses around Greenville are doing a really solid job of supporting our players, and I think that uh, that's that's good when they hear it from somebody besides me. When you when you're on the road recruiting, and uh, you, again you'll be on the road in January, uh, kind of a, away from the team, the whole staff will. Do y'all yeah. try and like, I don't know, set aside time to Zoom or call or text your position groups uh, as, as far as position coaches, or you as a head coach reach out to guys? Well, you're in you're in constant communication. Yeah. That's yeah, that's one thing that uh, you you know you're talking you're talking to recruits, you're talking to your current players, you're talking to each other, and it's the communication piece has got to has got to remain constant. And it's uh, you know usually I would have gone to the convention, I would have left Saturday and 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 come back midweek next week. You know I'm going to leave Monday morning. Uh, that way you know we have a team meeting Sunday night. That way I can at least see all the kids. And I think that's important. Uh, it's is maybe something that five years ago we didn't uh, realize just how important it is, but uh, it's important that they that they know just how much you do care about them, and that you get to see them. I mean, you can text them; that's great, but seeing them face to face is so much more impactful. All right, Mike Houston with us. Let's get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up with Coach on this Thursday edition of Hoist the Colors. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Ico. Jake Elfman, Aussie Show host. One ninety four three, the game. 
right, got about seven minutes left with Coach Houston on this Thursday, January 4th edition of the show. Uh, we'll hit some of these questions on YouTube before we get out of here. And uh, got a interesting point here from, from Robert. He says, I believe Coach Houston has built one of the better team cultures that we have seen at ECU in many years. It's an overlooked asset. And I, I referenced this last year, Coach. A lot of teams with, with y'all's records down the stretch would not have, I think, held it together or played the way East Carolina did. And I felt like like even watching that FAU game, how hard the guys were playing, and I think it did show how much the culture still stood even through the struggles last year, the adversity. Well, I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm proud of and it's it's the players, it's the coaches, it's everybody because uh, it takes everybody to to build that kind of culture. But you know, I, I do think that the players feel so much for each other and so much for the program. Uh, and you know, now we've gotten to the point where you know your older players, you know, they are the ones that are you know doing the accountability stuff. Uh, you know, making sure guys are doing things right off the field, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we've we've had you know, minimal off-field issues. Uh, and I think it's a credit to the, the character uh, and, and just the dedication of the of the players we have in the program. We're talking scheduled earlier. Uh, this is kind of a an interesting point. You know, CBA on YouTube says, what does Coach think about trying to get a yearly app game on Thanksgiving weekend or getting the conference to agree to put Charlotte there? Maybe a way to have more butts in the seats. You see, like, the rivalry week at the end of the year, Coach. Right. You know, <clears throat> I think it makes sense for ECU to play Charlotte every year at the end of the season, but that's just me. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Like to try to create some of that rivalry, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, one, I mean, I, I think that that's going to happen. That that game's going to it's going to turn into a, a, mm-hmm. a solid rivalry game. Uh, that's just going to naturally happen over time. Um, yeah, and it's not a bad idea. I mean, because that last game of the year, you know, when your students aren't on campus, uh, you know, it's a challenge. You know, and you got a lot of families traveling. Uh, and, but, you know, it's still, you know, game day atmosphere. I mean, that's, that's so vital. And, uh, you know, you create a game where people, you know, are really passionate about it and they know that, hey, every year we're going to play this team. You know, it could work. So, um, you, you know, you know who to talk to on that. So we'll send it to the American and uh, also John Gilbert, get them to, uh, try to, try to work on that. Um, Coach, you, you know, you stood at the podium after the Tulsa game. Speaking of Thanksgiving weekend, you, you're obviously disappointed. That was a just kind of a crazy way to end the season with the possession and the fumble, uh, you know, before the, Tulsa kicked the game with a field goal. But you said, hey, I, I don't want to go through this again. I'm going to make sure we don't go through this again. You're now a few months, uh, a little over a month removed from that. What gives you the confidence based on what you've done that you, you won't go through that again at ECU? Well, I think actions speak louder than words. I mean, that's – something my dad taught me so uh you can step there and say that but if you don't do anything about it then uh you know those those words are empty uh but i think you know anybody that's paid any attention can see uh how aggressive uh we've been with um staff uh with retention of players with attracting and being aggressive going after uh the top players in the portal uh and it's not like we're finished i mean we're not even close to being finished um it's just I'm going to do any and everything I can in, in my power to ensure that we have the kind of season that we should have every single year at East Carolina. And uh, if that's if there's you say, what did you learn from last year? It's I, I've got to stay aggressive year in year out, and I you, you can't the the way of of 
you know, roster management and the way of doing things five years ago is, is completely different. And, you know, I've got to, I've got to make sure that we remain extremely aggressive in putting East Carolina football in, in the very best situation. And you're never going to be in the best situation because I just think uh, you've always got to continue to push to improve it every single day, no matter what is going on. A few days left in this transfer portal window. Are there any big needs you are hoping to solidify going into the spring semester? Well, I think that, uh, again, uh, that's the one thing that maybe that I, I learned last year is, you know, you, you've got to, you got to make sure any player that you find that you think can help you win, you got to investigate him. And, uh, so you're going to see us continue to add, uh, solid players to our current roster, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I anticipate doing the same thing in May. Um, you know, it's spring practice is going to be, you know, huge for, you know, meshing our returning players together with our new players. Uh, but then, you know, you're, you're probably going to have a situation where you're going to need to address it in May. And we've got to be prepared for that. Uh, and we got to be prepared to, you know, make sure that our, our current players, you know, in May, they feel good going into to the summer about, uh, you know, our program. I just think there's, this is, you know, this is the cycle and the calendar of college football is just a completely different animal than it was just a few short years ago. There's no doubt. Uh, that's, I always say I don't know how you guys do it. It's crazy. Uh, we got about a minute left with Coach. And you, you kind of touched on it there, but this winter, and again, you guys will be on the road, but the winter with Big John and then the spring, especially for the offense, yeah. like the, the gel, how important are those two things to, to really get the culture and the offense really on the same well, page? one, got to have that time with Big John in the weight room in January and February. Two is we got to do a lot more football before spring practice than we've ever done. Uh, we got to make sure that the offensive players – you almost have to go through a complete install in February before you get to spring ball and installing again there. Uh, but, and I think you gotta do the same thing in June, but it's gonna be, you know, it's a mad race right now, uh, to get our team ready for our opener, uh, this fall. All right, coach. We appreciate the time. Power 2031 says really appreciate coach Houston doing this, especially in such a busy time. And, uh, again, we'll let you get back nah. to, uh, to the office and well, get your recruiting Appreciate, appreciate you having me on and, and, and I appreciate our fans. Uh, that's the biggest asset we have, uh, for our players and our recruits is our passionate fan base. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be the coach here and can't wait for the kickoff. And if you can give $5 to Team Boneyard, do that as well. But, hey, we appreciate the time, Coach. really means a lot. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. That is Mike Houston. Again, thanks so much for his gracious time. And uh, tomorrow's show, we'll have one of his former players, Joe Sampson, on. We'll recap some of this conversation, and uh, we'll also look ahead to the weekend upcoming uh, in the NFL as the playoffs get closer. We'll preview the national title game. We'll get Joe's take on the college football playoff semifinals, those great games, and more. All right, appreciate everybody's commenting on the uh, the YouTube and Facebook pages as well. Been a fun show. Had a lot of viewership. We will see you guys Friday at 12 noon. This has been Hoist the Colors.